Hello and welcome to the All Walks of Art podcast. I'm Michael Worth and currently in the studio with my fascinating, somewhat of a picky drinker, a man some call the bringer of hate, the incorrigible and often misunderstood rectifier of all things unholy, my friend Paul Ramey. I am the rectum fryer. <laughs> There's a rectal in there somewhere. I know there is. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing great. Doing great. It's going to be a good show, man. I'm kind of digging it. Me too. Yeah. We're digging it already. Yeah, good beer and everything. I know. Well, I don't know about good beer. It's cool looking beer. It I'll is cool. That. It is cool. So if you stumbled on this podcast, stick around and listen. I'd love for you to become a regular. The All Walks of Art podcast is a show for creatives and artists from all walks of life. Find a comfy chair, pour your favorite beverage, and enjoy the show. On today's episode, Paul and I drink a perfect American Pale Ale. Our guest is an insanely skillful musician and visual artist. We talk about the elephant in the room. No, Paul, there's no real elephant. It's, it's just a thing. I was going to say Loki. I know, he's looking around. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> and I have some concerns about counterfeit gear that I purchased online. I got to ask <laughs> our friend about it. So, without any further delay, let me welcome to the show musician and artist Tim Holsinger. Hello. How are you? Yeah, he's like, is he done? He's all asleep, Dan. He was waiting on the applause. <laughs> I know, right? <sighs> yeah. <laughs> we keep saying we're going to put that in there. I'm going to do one word answers. And, uh, That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it should just be real staccato. Too. No. <laughs> so how do you feel about the, uh, you know, state of music in America? No. <laughs> I got to ask, at the beginning of the show, we always... Um, we always talk about our booze a little bit. What are you drinking today, Tim? I am drinking a Bell's Hop Slam that I uh, found in the back of my fridge. Typically, um, I load up on these once a year and then found a found a stray in the back. So I figured I would uh, throw it down for for the podcast. Fantastic! Uh, that's a ten percent or two. That's that's it is. You're bringing there. it. You're that's awesome. Pretty, uh, yeah, pretty heavy. I, I like it. We drank. How the, are uh, you? Well, go ahead. How is the uh, the three Floyds? Have you guys cracked into that yet? We or? we have not. I'm uh, that's part of okay. the fun because you know one day we might get a sponsor that makes beer, sure. And Paul is still going to hate it. So yeah, um, <laughs> I will accept a sponsorship from any uh, uh, silver tequila though. I do like silver tequila. Mm. <laughs> well, we have some behind you. If you you know it's right there. If you need to throw one back with it, you know. So yeah, we are drinking. Three Floyds. We're drinking this. Alpha King. Yeah, right. this is a pint can, so it's not in the bottle. And, I am a Three Floyds fan. Yes, I love it. And this, we're actually, I wanted to find something from Indiana. So. Uh, I don't like this okay, already. Yeah. I don't like <laughs> this at all. I can smell it. This is this is terrible. <laughs> it's a, it got a 95 on the uh, beer advocate scale, so. Well, those people are stupid. <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> Every year, except for this year, Three Floyds has their Dark Lord Day. Yes. Um, a music festival and uh, beer festival that they do where they brew special Dark Lord beer for that day. That don't sound good. Pretty, though. My mom wouldn't like that. Pretty neat event. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how that's going to change with everything because typically yeah. you bring your own little cup that hangs around your neck. I guess it was a thing when my first time there did not know about this. So I missed out. But I guess that's the thing. Everybody brings all their beers from home and all these crazy beers they've saved up for the festival. And then... They share them with everybody, and you kind of yeah, we a little doing cup that. And, yep, I know. So I'm going to see. We'll see next year how the how the uh, the state of the world changes with that. Yeah. I just seen where they canceled the Renfest here for this year, so that kind of oh, sucks. Really, yeah. yeah. Mm. 
Well, this uh, this beer is not as as powerful as uh, Hop Slam, but it's a six point six six. So I had to get that too. I, I, had, I had to put that in there. It's so cool, <laughs> you know. Gotta gotta you bring think it, it really out. came out to that, or it was close enough, and they're like, I'd well, say we I'd gotta. say it's close enough. Yeah. yeah. Now, <laughs> bitterness units wise, I gotta tell you, Paul, because this oh, you gotta understand the international bitterness units because this may help you. I don't know what Doom Pedal is. I like Doom Pedal. I know. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> well, is, says, is that Fifty West? It's Fifty West, and yeah. they're going to be here in town. Yeah, right? yeah, they're going to they're going to group up here eventually, after everything's good and gone. But uh, uh, for the guy that hates beer, I'll be their spokes guy. Oh yeah, yeah. But this is six <laughs> sixty. That's a good tagline. Yeah, right. He'll be their guy. <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> I'm going to drink this. This is going to be. I, yeah, yeah. This, I want. I want to see it. Sixty-eight. This smells. Fuck. It's terrible. It's awesome. All right, here we go. Down the hatch. I'm trying to get it out. Go ahead. <laughs> he drinks it and he goes, "Yeah, I don't know. That's, <laughs> I guess <laughs> I've never drank turpentine, but I imagine that's what it tastes like. No, it tastes like pledge. No, no. That's what it tastes. This is terrible. It tastes like pledge, really? I Carbonated cologne. It's a little better than Bud Light, I guess. But it's, oh, don't, don't go there. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it." It's got a really nice amber color. It's a it's a suck suck scale on the bitterness scale. What is it? What's the number? <laughs> All walks of art sponsored by Three Floyds. Yeah. It's a little bit better than Bud Light. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, shit. All right. All right. Let's get into the show. Um, All right. <laughs> I hope everybody at home is drinking well. Uh, Paul clearly doesn't like Three Floyds. Uh, I love the can, Alpha and King. I love Satan. So I mean, this the- is, it's. I love the can. I love Satan. I, I'd have this can at my house as a decorative piece, but uh, I do not like three Floyds in my mouth. I do not like two Floyds in my mouth. I would prefer one Floyd in my mouth to the three Floyds that this is. But that's listen. I'm just being honest. Here. Oh shoot! All right, all right, all right, all right. All right let's. What yeah. are we doing here? It's it is sixty eight. International bitterness units. I finally got that out because I had to wait for you to drink. <laughs> you know, he's dr- he's drinking water over here like he's trying to kill everything Jeez. in his mouth. Wash the taste out. Uh, yeah. All right. So Tim, I gotta I gotta ask you. the The biggest thing is, um, I I just I don't know you as well as Paul does. So not I, biblically. <laughs> not biblically. <laughs> so I I've uh, I've heard you you played. Or went on tour with a, a band called Goat Whore. So our, yes. our family yep. of listeners needs to know that one. Yep. <laughs> and uh, you are currently working uh, with a online distributor of musical equipment and gear. Yep. And I have gear acquisition syndrome all the time. So that's kind of cool <laughs> having you on the show. It never ends. Yeah. Tell us Tell us what you got going on. Well, pretty much... Um Doing a lot of studio work these days, um, mixing projects, mastering projects in my my home studio. Um, been working with a, uh, a band out of Cleveland called Balkana. Um, doing their project here. Going to start on that probably later tonight as well, and and dig into that. But uh, a lot recently, just kind of stuff at home in the in my studio. A lot of just gear purchases. Um, that's that's really it. Just buying stuff to to play around with. It seems to be the 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 end game for a lot of musicians like myself is fun toys to uh to justify to justify my music i guess yeah. you know um <laughs> yeah. you, you always need that one oh, extra yeah. piece you yeah, know yeah. 
So yeah, that's that's been a lot of a lot of my time lately is kind of getting into the the mixing and the mastering uh, aspect of music and and working with bands on that end. Um, get to work with a lot of bands on the on the back end at my my day job. Um, doing the music gear, helping with studio designs and and things like that. So it's uh it's, it's always fun. Do you feel that that uh, scratches your creative itch at all, or or you know, or or do you kind of compartmentalize it and just kind of separate yourself when you're helping somebody kind of set up their studio do you kind of feel like that yeah i'm part of that and i'm part of the creative process or is it just uh, i'm just kind of it's a little more i don't know just a little more cerebral i guess than than kind of being an artist yourself i do get to i you get I feel both ways about it to where yes and no um i feel a lot of times it's great to be with somebody and and you do have to compartmentalize that a lot as far as just looking at like say you know like your studio setup is going to be way different than somebody else's studio uh setup it kind of depends on their end game and what their goals are with their their audio um it's nice being able to take somebody that's just getting into recording and taking them from a little home project studio up to then like a bigger studio in their basement and then hopefully a facility later on. And it, it's always nice to, to watch those people grow and be a part of that. Cause I don't know about you, but when, when I first got into it, you, you buy certain pieces of gear and once you kind of realize and learn more about the audio and what you need, I find that like a lot of the purchases I made at the beginning of my journey were, were pointless because where I wanted to go at the end of the day, I had to buy all new gear for the steps to get there. Whereas it's nice to be able to, to help somebody plan that out and kind of point them in the right direction so that the purchases they they're making now can be beneficial to them later. And they, they can still use those items, um, in their bigger setup. So it's nice being able to do that. Um, it's, it's, it's definitely fun when you get the, the big projects to do. Um, especially when you, you work with a client that gives you a lot of leeway to put your, your kind of own personal spin on the studio. So you get to, you get to also live vicariously through that to where like, man, if I had X amount of money for a studio, what would I want to do? You know? And then, and then you get to kind of see that develop and then you can get another client that has X amount of money and, and you can be like, well, I've never done a studio like this before. And you can kind of guide them in that direction and and see how that one develops as well down the, down the line. So it's, it's pretty neat to do. Um, I do find that it, it, it works in both ways to where when, when your day job is studio gear all day and, and that's what you're doing. Um, it makes it tough to come home and fire up Pro Tools to to do your own session at the end of the day. However, um, you also, it gets you excited about things as well that you maybe wouldn't have discovered on your own, something, a piece that would work great in the studio. And then you can kind of see how that would work in your studio. And then it just makes me spend my money again. And so you just <laughs> yeah. stay in that cycle of being broke and buying stuff you don't need. Exactly. <laughs> so. That's awesome though. It's kind of like we uh, we make our art so we can buy more toys, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Which is That's cool. How it it's a good turns cycle. out. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've always said I've said many times on the show. It's like a cool base or you know a, a different kind of brush or whatever. It can it can springboard creative ideas. You know, it no, really no, does. No two guitars play the same. They just don't. And it, a, a certain chord just rings different. It's like oh wow. Hey, what about this? What about that? And 
I always write a new song with a new bass. I just always do. It just, mm-hmm. it just happens. So, yeah. And that, that's, and that's, what's good with, with that as well. And in, in getting the toys, I do that to, I mean, when you're, when you're feeling burnt out and you just are uninspired, I find that that helps a lot is to get a new piece of gear, a new guitar pedal, or just something to play around with. You know what I mean? That, mm-hmm. that just re-sparks that creativity and, and has you do things you, you maybe normally wouldn't do with the gear that you have now. Exactly. So you've kind of, I, for those who don't know, I mean, Tim and I have been friends for what, 25 years, something like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a long time. Your old metal band used to play with my old metal band when you were what, 14, 15 years 14, old? 14. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And uh, so you kind of transitioned from metal to black metal to now you're doing like a sludgy doom kind of stuff. Is that what you'd call it? Or? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a good, good translation there. Yeah. I feel that um, it's kind of been all over the spectrum. Um, Kind of as as you're younger, you know, I don't know about you, but with me, as I was younger, like the more, I always enjoyed the extremes, you know, so it just to get more and more extreme um, as as my taste went on with music. But then as you get older, it's 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 always nice, just like we, we were talking about with the gear. It's I feel the same way with the bands to where when you discover, when you force yourself to discover new bands that you maybe normally wouldn't listen to on your own, because um, when you're into the extreme metal stuff, it's very easy to get caught up in the subgenres and and, and then it, you you get stuck listening to the same stuff over and over. Yeah. And when you force yourself to to step outside the box or outside of your comfort zone, it even inspires you in your music and, and things that you're going to do um, as far as just neat little things that you maybe wouldn't have discovered being in your comfort zone. Yeah. I'm a big advocate of that. I think, I think anytime you step out of your comfort zone, it opens up the doors for all kinds of new creativity. Yeah. Well, and plus the listener doesn't realize that you're still in this stuff from, cause they're all, yeah. when it's all <laughs> Slayer or nothing, it's like, right. all right, well, if I steal this Slayer riff, everybody's going to recognize that. Exactly. But, but exactly. If, if I invert this uh, riff I heard on this police song, man, this is kind of cool. Yeah. Exactly. I love that. I just love it. Yeah, you get inspirations from from all over the place and, and kind of make it your own because I feel I feel that that's that's missing a lot at least in a lot of the 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 genres and bands that that I'm into these days it, it just seems like a lot of that's missing of an artist just being an artist instead of yeah. oh you're in a death metal band so you got to play these riffs and then you got to do these vocals and then it's got to have this structure because it's got to fit into this this genre you know I feel yeah. I feel there's not as many bands that just develop these days, whereas they decide, hey, I'm going to start X style band. So they they kind of come up with that before they even build the band. They decide what they're going to be at the end of the day instead of getting other members of the band that have different influences that are that are different than yours, that can turn you on to different bands. And, the, and then all of those influences come together collectively to make something of their own versus... It's got a fitness box. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Right. Yeah, there's no comfort. I mean, they're in their comfort zone. Yeah. And it, right. music can get tired that way. You exactly. go to a concert and you hear every song sounds like the last one. It just gets a little bit like, well, oh, that's I'm what I liked it. about Metalcore so much it is before it had a name, it was cool. It's like, oh, we're in, in Deathcore, you know, it's like we're using all the best stuff from death metal, but we're using clean vocals too. And we're using mm-hmm. the guttural stuff. And then somebody comes up with a name for it. And now there's every band that sounds like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like cool. picking your avatar that you want to be before you even exactly continue on you know i mean it's <laughs> right. there's there's That's no a good example 
yeah, they, everybody just kind of picks their art. Like, I'm going to be the death metal guy or I'm going to be the black metal guy. And that's, and nowadays with the internet, you can just look everything up on Wikipedia. You have everything at your fingertips. So it's just like, oh, here's what we're supposed to look like. And here's what we're supposed yeah. to sound like. And then, you know, you just have, it's like a lot of the new uh, subdivision of houses. You know what I mean? You just oh, got yeah. the same yeah. cookie cutter bands that fall into this category. And if that's where you want to go and where you want to live, you just look for a house over there, you know? Absolutely. It, it even comes across in the art, really, of the album. Yeah. The album art all kind of looks the same. Yeah, and you and can't you can't read the name, and it looks like a pile of sticks. Yeah, I was yeah. thinking the same exact yeah. thing. It was on my mind right there. I, I miss was, the days yeah. of when I would, like, Molly Hatchett's album was the, my biggest disappointment as a child because it had that, <laughs> that badass cover with the with the dude with the axe. And oh, yeah. it's like, man, this has got to be the most metal thing ever. <laughs> right, right. Nope. Flirting with disaster. <laughs> yeah. Guy comes exactly. Out, yeah. Guy comes out like Kermit the Frog. Flirting with disaster. Yeah. <laughs> I played that album and turned around, and next thing I knew, I had a fucking NASCAR flag hanging on yeah. my wall. <laughs> and you couldn't get anywhere because you're driving in circles. <laughs> my car would only go left. Oh, Man, you really like Tide. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. All right, uh, well, it's been a good show. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So how did you guys meet? What is what is your background there? Uh, Porn. Michael? Okay, yeah. No. Yeah, I was, I was fluffing for a, for a porn, and I was like... I was the, I, little, I was the little guy. I was like, hey, Mike. <laughs> no. I don't remember us ever meeting. I think we met through Chris, didn't we? Didn't you guys meet through photography, and he hooked us up with you? No. Uh, I... <laughs> I, I recall we you were playing with uh, your band here. Grimstone. Grimstone, yeah, yeah. thank you. Um, playing down at the old Adina place there backstage. Okay. And uh, For the Mace tribute? No, no. Uh, Todd Alley's band came down. Oh, and, yeah, and he had the big riser. It yeah, was for yeah. the Cellbound yeah. CD release. Yeah, I went in there just because I was starting to, you know, that was actually when I was really starting to get into the shooting uh, bands and, and getting photos of bands and things, and it's like, God, I just that that's was such terrible. a hard show to do. You, you said know? you were getting into shooting the bands, and I wanted to say, <laughs> not like Nathan Gale, oh, but no. that's terrible, man. No, no, that's just, no, I'm no. sorry. Look, it's no. just, it was just so easy. God damn it, it's a good layup. <laughs> Look, you gotta laugh about it. it. It hurt us all, but anyway, go ahead. Uh, so you were getting into shooting bands. I'm, you know what it is. <laughs> Are they stealing your lyrics? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Stop stealing my words. You said the. I didn't know. You, I didn't. Know, I didn't know you then. No, I, I think it was no. Okay. Maybe, maybe before. Did we did we shoot the album cover and all that before you did that show? I have. To, I don't know. I can't remember. Oh, I know how I met you. I now I remember well, about tell all the me. bands. It was Battle of the Bands oh, okay. up there at OUC when uh, when they did that. I was like, who the fuck is this guy wearing this stupid gown, man? <laughs> oh. <laughs> the Dan haters. Yeah. yeah. yeah I it was awesome. Days. I loved it. I was like, he's got more stage presence than everybody. <laughs> That's a good time. Yeah. I just don't remember, but I do. I just remember all of a sudden we all, we became fast friends. And, yeah. And then yeah. music. Then, then you were, you know, you shot, shot all the stuff for, uh, yeah. for our album and. Hmm. You come over and play drums with us once. That was kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. I brought Guinness. 
in my in my jacket because <laughs> I want to make sure I wasn't going to get thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> that was good times. It was. So, man, you're, you're kind of putting a, a slow spot in the show here, Paul. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, right. We're, we're boring. Well. We, don't, we don't really, <laughs> we don't have anything Tim, good to say. Tim asked how we met, so blame him. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I, I guess. How's that beer going? The Hop Slam? Yeah. The, uh, yeah, the Hop, the hop slam. going great. I'm about halfway through it already. Awesome. We my, better hurry up, Paul. My, I'm yeah. done. You can have the rest of that can. I'm not <laughs> drinking it. I don't even want to smell it. Normally, I well, like the odor, the, I noticed the that essence. I, I don't, you know, in an hour show, I got to make sure that, uh, you know, I do start slurring my speech and then my real self comes out and people get kind of tired of it. So, I got to watch it. Yeah. Thanks for coming to the show. It's getting hard to read my notes. <laughs> I don't know if you got it all notes, but one of the things that, that I wanted to make sure I brought up is um what you know, Tim sent you some photos of uh Yeah, yeah. Stuff. And what, what that photo don't uh show you that Frankenstein's fucking huge. Is it really? Oh yeah, it's like it's like door size. I mean, it's pretty big. Wow. Um but Tim, I mean, how uh you, you got into visual arts and, and doing some painting and that sort of thing and and just has that influenced your music, or obviously the music has influenced your art choices. The art, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. you got anything you'd like to say about that, or? Um, really, I mean, a lot of that, the the visual art stuff like that that I've done, it's kind of been out of necessity. Um, having houses, wanting some some stuff to to hang up, um, and not wanting to pay crazy prices. So, I mean. A lot of it's kind of been out of boredom. It's it's been a while since I've done the visual art uh, stuff, um, done the, the furniture painting and, and things like that again for for my own house. And uh, yeah, really just a way to give me something to do, kill a Saturday or two, and kind of kind of decorate the house. Um, a lot of the stuff I was doing a while back was before you could just get online and find anything that you wanted on Amazon. You know, so I mean, it was really just a matter of wanting some cool stuff for my house and and not being able to find what I wanted. So I just figured I'll just make my own. And that's kind of kind of how I got into it. Um, it's kind of taken a backseat to the music for a while, but um, but it's always kind of there. It's just uh, just a matter of whenever the, uh, the itch comes and, and I have to scratch it, you know. We joke a lot because you've been working on your album as long as I've been working on my acoustic album. <laughs> right. So it's like, <laughs> we're very slow. <laughs> yes. Do you, do you we think, used to joke and call it uh, Chinese democracy, but then yeah. that album came oh, out. Yeah, so yeah. We, can't, <laughs> we can't do that anymore. I also noticed that, you know, you talked about uh, when you get done here, you was going to be working on a project that you're mixing. Uh, but I, but you're supposed to be mixing something for me. So. Yep, I, that's on the that's on the, the list as well. I just I just recabled my studio mm -hmm. here last weekend um, to uh, to get everything ready. Got my patch bay all wired in, all my outboard gear. So... I'm excited to uh, to be able to use the stuff. You got a big board coming? I do. I do. Eventually, I'm going to have to go to Florida and get that. So that'll be fun. Yeah, that's a, that's a Mike Worth wet dream. It is. Yeah. Board. <laughs> he was telling me about it. And I was thinking, oh my, what what exactly is that? Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's pretty ridiculous. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do with it or where I'm going to put it, but <laughs> but you're going to have it. Yeah, boy, it's going to look <laughs> awesome with my clothes hanging off of it in the basement. <laughs> My it iTunes just, is going to sound warm. <laughs> it's just funny. It's like, how much gear do you need? More. It don't. Right, it right. don't. It doesn't matter what genre you're doing. It don't matter if you're you, if you're touring, if you're doing a home studio, if you're it, whatever. You just need 
more. I, I just yeah, need one it, more piece of gear if for you the just rest had of your life. One more, oh, you yeah. could finish that album finally. You know, um, and it's 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 pretty funny. I look back at before I worked for the uh, the music retailer and just had access to anything you could imagine. You know what I mean? We we have the privilege of being able to take home anything we want uh, for the most part to be able to to try out in our home studios because. The, the companies, they want you to be familiar with the product so you can sell it and and tell the customer, you know, why you would want to spend X amount more on this item versus this item and, and kind of what you get with with that extra money. Um, but having the access to that, it's I look back at the days of when I used to record and, and do things when I was younger around the time that like you and I met, Paul, and man, I got probably a hundred times more work done with my little Tascam four-track tape recorder. Yep than I have with all the, cause just like I was talking about with all this gear and cabling up my studio with my patch bay, it's like, man, that's a, that's a big endeavor to take on. And it's like, I got oh, yeah. the whole basement tore apart and you're running cables through the walls. And it's, it, it, there's a lot more work to it. And it, it's hard. It's hard when you've got the engineer hat on, it, it really sucks the creativity out of the musician side of you. So there's, there's a lot of times when you sit down with this much gear and then you start, you slowly put the engineer hat on it, and it kind of sucks the creativity away. So it's it's nice to make sure you you pick that mindset before you go into to a project. You well, know, well, if you wanted to be a contractor or in IT, you would have went into contracting and in the IT. And right. I find that that's when I'm working on projects, and one of the reasons why mine's going so slow, I'll get going and then fuck. Now I'm the IT yeah. guy, and now, yeah. well, now I got to move this over here. If I I need some new monitors. I got to put. I'm like, ah, just hell. And with when it. it takes you 45 yeah. minutes to find out, you've got to click one silly little button in the software. You know. Yeah, you don't really, really much feel like writing a riff of the century. Exactly, exactly. Or you've got the riff of the century in your head. You just need a quick, quick way to put that down. You know what I mean? Instead yeah. of trying to ah, now, I got to fire up my computer and turn all this shit on and wait for it to warm up and. I use memo on my phone to more than yeah. I use anything else. It's but you got all this technology at your at your hands, <laughs> and you use it to watch cat videos and for memos. Yeah. <laughs> I know, <laughs> right? Know? I know. It's like I remember at, at a point in time, I um, I got me an iRig interface for my for my phone, and yeah, I redownloaded GarageBand, and it's like, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna get this set up so I can do like legit demos while I'm up here on my couch and and. And then that becomes too much of a pain in the ass. And, and it's like, man, back in the days of just the the little tape recorder where you just hit record when you're ready yep. and then just throw something down. I find I, I do the same thing with with the memos on the phone to where that's that's just the easiest way to just throw it down really quick. And then, then when you want to develop it and go into production mode, you can do that later. But right. as far as just getting the idea done, getting the song written, it's... It's too I cumbersome. It's way better. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It is. And, and you get, I don't know about you, but I get option paralysis while I'm sitting here trying to yep. build a song in Pro Tools and you have all these plugins mm -hmm. and, you know, it's like, I need to put a, a reverb on this vocal track. And then and next thing you know, 45 minutes later, I'm fucking around with some synthesizer, you know, that <laughs> spinning knobs and yeah. zoning out in these weird sounds. And then uh, got to reel it back in, figure out. That's why it's just, it's best to have a, you know, a couple guys or a couple girls, whatever, and a, a, your your instruments and you just got a boom box, you hit record mm -hmm. and you jam. And yeah. then you worry about putting all, that's the best way to put anything down because you know, be all the rest of this shit, it just gets in your way. Yep. There's a, there's a lot of uh, people that I know that, that own professional, you know, uh, studios that are, you know, that, that have plenty of clients coming through and, and, and big names come through. 
And and they still would rather they still go to other studios to record their albums yeah. and, and their projects because mm-hmm. they don't want to be engineering the thing while they're doing it. They mm-hmm. just want to be able to tell somebody, hey, hit play and do you know what I mean? They, they just want to have somebody else kind of run the ship while they just get to be in musician mode the whole time. And they don't have to worry about if a cable goes bad or a preamp goes down. They don't have to try to troubleshoot things and, and figure that out. They oh, can yeah. just there's a reason why engineers and producers get paid to what they get paid. Yeah, you right. Know, so they, yeah, you get paid for that? Well, some do. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, there's a <laughs> even even as we're talking, we got uh Paul and I have some sort of echo going on in our headset. <gasps> oh not, wow. Yeah, it's, <laughs> and I can't seem to get Jim rid Gillette of it. Echo. <laughs> I, I even I even cut my audio out completely. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> to see on the mixer if that was if that was it because I I'm not technically doing a mix minus. Uh I'm letting it it's weird. Let's get I, our production assistant. Loki. Yeah. <laughs> My dog. He'll come in here and slobber all over. <laughs> yeah, you will. You mentioned that you've um got some some knockoff gear online. What's uh Yeah. What'd you get? That's, that's actually you're you're right on topic here. So, um we need sound effects when we switch. Talk. There should be a... Bah, bah, bah. Yeah, it little, really. That would be good. I, I'll work on a bass riff and I'll give it to you. You'll have it on a okay, sample. That sounds good. There you go. Yeah, I'll do little... like the little slap and pop thing. The bam, bam. Yeah. Now, topic yeah. number two. And then, you need and one of those slide yeah. whistles so you can do the... <laughs> I'll do that on the fretless on the beat string. Doom. <laughs> whenever there's a lull, whenever I say something and uh, something bad. All right. Yeah. So I... Yeah, I bought this microphone and I uh, went to... I'm going to go ahead and say it out loud. I went to Amazon. Mm-hmm. Sure. And I thought, well, that's, a, that's not a bad deal. It's $89 for an SM58. I could use a second one, you know, just in case, you know, because Paul was using sure. his, his Beta 57. And I didn't want him, want him to have to bring stuff with him every time he comes out to the studio to do this. So I figured I'll get one. I, ordered, I, I don't like switches on them. So I didn't want a switch. And it showed up and it had a switch. Like, well, I know I bought the one without a switch. And who gives you one with a switch for $89? Right. So something's not right here. And I noticed that every time I set the levels, it's about 10 dBs higher than the other Hmm. SM58. And it weighs a lot less. Like, you can feel it in your hands that my real SM58 is heavier than the other SM58. So then I started really getting into it, looking at it closely, and... It works. It's a fine mic, but I noticed that the sticker is slightly different than the SM58 sticker that wraps around okay. at the bottom of the grill. The grill it says, looks... It says shore. Yeah. It's a shore. It's a shore. <laughs> no, no. It, it's that should have been your first clue. It is spelled right. Uh, color <laughs> color is slightly off, which seems to me like uh, it would be something that sure would see and go, no, it, it can't be even slightly off. Because I thought they were all powder coated or yeah, yeah, whatever. And um, like I say, the label's a little bit weird. The grill is a little bit weird. So I decided to take it apart. Mm-mm. I wanted to look at it. Mm. And on the inside, <laughs> it looks very similar, but it's definitely not the same. Um, it'll help me. Diaphragm. Here. No, it's the coital, 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 cardioid, capsule. Capsule, yes. That's the one we're trying to find. It's, it's the got cap- one of them things that's well, like in the Guinness, ain't it? Well, one it's them the same things. capsule they use in the 57, the 58, and uh, and all that jazz. So, I mean, it should look like all the others, right? Sure. Just, right. I don't know. So I don't take so my mic support. It, and it says, 
Echo in Mexico on it. So <laughs> I'm thinking, I don't think any of the shirts say that on that. I don't, I don't believe so. <laughs> so I got ripped off. Tim, take one of yours apart right now. I want to know, is it, is it Spanish? Yeah, right. As we grab a hold. <laughs> <laughs> well, the mic I'm using right now. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, do you, do you run into anybody like when they call you and say, Hey, I bought this piece of crap off, off of whatever. I got to give you something new. You know, do you ever hear that very much? Oh yeah. yeah. Really? We get, th we get that a lot. Um, get a lot of people that, that order things that, that, People swear in stock, and then when they get your money, it's it's magically not in stock anymore. And there's a wow. there's a lot of moving pieces to the industry, but yeah, that that is a big thing as far as um, things being being made in China, and uh, even and a lot of the stuff is made in China. But you'll get a lot of knockoff stuff. Um, for every for every main major item, there's probably two or three knockoffs out there that that people are selling and. It's pretty easy for for retailers to get a spot on Amazon and then just kind of lower the price and just yep. get the sales funneled in that way. So yeah, we we do run into that quite a bit, um, but it just gives you one more reason to uh, to get it from a reputable dealer, you know. Exactly. So. Exactly. Well, now that so that brings up a, a good a good uh, question here. So what do you guys think about uh, clones? People that make clones of stuff that. Uh, is maybe not is in production anymore because there's that seems to be a big thing right now, especially with pedals. Yep. Um, and a big topic on the show that we do, uh, or that we do, we've talked about a lot is, is making sure the artists get paid mm -hmm. and, um, you know, downloading the MP3 through the through the proper channels so they get, get paid, not burning stuff, you know, pirating movies, that sort of thing. Um, but along with some of these knockoffs, I mean, it does seem like there's a big industry in clone pedals. I mean, I guess if, if a company's out of business and they're not producing these anymore, is is there a victim? Um, no, but the, the the problem that I see, I, and I don't even know if it would be a problem, um, a lot of the stuff that is cloned these days um, is stuff that is still in production. I mean, you get a lot right. of the, especially with like... Um, you know, outboard compressors and in the studio gear, a lot of people don't want to pay the two, three, four thousand dollars for XYZ product when they can buy the same, you know, clone for for quite a bit less. Um, so is that with, wrong? Is that wrong? Um, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. No, because each each has their own spot. You know, uh, a lot of the people I don't feel would even be able to get into a piece of gear like that, um, or even get their hands on it. I feel that once people do get their hands on it and they see what outboard gear can really do for your sound and kind of why these pieces of gear are famous to begin with is, um, it gets, it gives you a taste, you know what I mean? And a lot of the stuff, um, as far as differences go, I mean, the majority of it is a lot of stuff that's, you know, hand built in America, um, point to point wiring, um, that really makes the big difference with a lot of that. And when you, when you compare, when you're comparing audio wise from like, say a, a $600 unit versus the $3,000 unit that, that it's, you know, a, a clone of, um, you can audio wise, there's probably slight differences. There, there definitely is slight differences. Now, when you put that on a piece of gear, put it in a full mix, is anybody going to notice that difference? Maybe not. Um, it, 
But at the same time, what you're going to notice is the the build quality. You know what I mean? Like when you get a piece of uh, a $4,000 compressor, that, that thing is built like a tank. I mean, you buy that once and you're going to have it for the rest of your life and probably pass it down to your kids. It's, for, an, it's an heirloom. Exactly. It really is. It really is. And it, it's like when you go in like a naval ship, like their knobs aren't plastic. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's something that could stand <laughs> the test of time in a real... Uh, production studio um, that is, you know, you've got all kinds of musicians coming in, everybody grabbing on it. Whereas if it's just going to be something in your basement, yeah, of course you can save the money. And it, I think it gives people um, the want to have the the desire for the, the real piece of gear. It's kind of like a car enthusiast, you know, um, or if you're not a car enthusiast, you probably don't see the justification of spending X amount of money on a Lamborghini. Ford Focus will take you to the same spot. It'll drive just as well. I mean, with on a street in in town. Whereas now, if you're taking it out on the racetrack, of course you want something that is built for that. Um, it's hard to get laid in a Prius, but not. It, it really is. It really is. <laughs> There's not a lot of room in there. But it's earth friendly. <laughs> it is earth, right, right. earth friendly. Love making it. Gets you, it gets you. <laughs> it gets you laid a lot on Earth Day. Exactly. Yeah, it may not be hand stitched to Italy, but um, but it smells like patchouli afterwards. Yeah. 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 Right. <laughs> Poor Prius. It's, yeah, it's I, the nickel back of cars. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel you get into the the rising tides raise all ships type of conversation with that. To where, yeah, if it's something that's that's discontinued, the company's out of business. I mean, if people still want that sound. You know, there's definitely a market for it, and even when you have the top tier, top shelf studio pieces of gear and pedals and, and boutique stuff that most people can't afford, it, it at least give people the the taste of it. And then they they still, I feel that a lot of people that are into that stuff, you would still want the 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 classic piece if you could afford it. You know what I mean? It yeah. still gives you that. You, you know, brought up if, a good if, point about the the workmanship though, and I think a lot of uh, a lot of us, um, like in my little home studio. I might not think about, I don't need a $3,000 compressor that's built like a tank because I am, I'm going to be using it, you know, once a week or whatever. And somebody that's going to put that into a, a studio that's going to spend that kind of money, they're going to be renting that studio out. That studio is going to be working 24-7 if they're trying right. to make money. So I think that's something that we as mid-level consumers and don't really think about. It's like, oh, okay, that's why that's built like that. I mean, that's supposed to run nonstop. That's not just right. going to be running, you know, And if that thing is down, you're losing money, you know, in that situation where if, if ours gets down, it's just an inconvenience for a few right. days. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it's Behringer pedals, Behringer guitar pedals, if you're familiar with those, that that's a great example to me to where, you know, you can get those for 25 bucks. All of them are clones for the most part of, of, other like boss pedals and things like that. But, it, and if it's just you in your basement and, and you're you're playing that and kind of, you know, you're careful with how you step on it because it's a plastic housing and it's, you know what I mean? Chinese components in there and they're very, they're very easy to break. Um, so, I mean, you could go through two or three of those before you even get to the cost of buying the, the boss pedal that it's emulating. However, if you're in a band and you're going on tour, you can't have a pedal break in the middle of a show. You know right. what I mean? You want something that's built in a metal enclosure that that can stand stand up to stomping on it and getting beer spilled on it and just mm -hmm. just typical shit that you're going to run into on the road that's, you know, again, when you're making money on it, you don't want it to fail. You know what I mean? You mm -hmm. get you get a budget to record a Rihanna CD, 
you might as well spend and, and buy the five, $6,000 microphone. You know what I mean? Like, whereas right, right, right. if budget's an issue, you you kind of got to pick and choose where you spend that money. Yep. That, which is exactly why I don't have the SM7Bs. Right. I, I don't need them. The, yeah, the, yeah. The 58 gets me 80% of the way there. I want one sure. of them ones that looks like the old timey mic, like hip bill choosing all time. Oh, yeah. The, uh, <laughs> what is that again? That's sure, uh, Tag on it. It's, it's called the Sure Old Timey Mic that James Hetfield uses. No, yes, it is. <laughs> they've, got a, they've got a black it's and red the, edition. Yeah, yeah, it's the Super Fifty Five. That's that, it. I Super Fifty Five. What they call those? Yeah, yeah. And it's not even really. I don't think it's even the originals uh, design. I think it's got a new. It's got all new components yeah. in it. It's not well, like that's what I want. One. I just want it to look. Cool. I want the old one. <laughs> and I don't. You know, I got a guitar <laughs> off Amazon the other day. It's it's a Les Raoul. It's 100% legit. It's a really? Les Paul for $20. It looks great. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Reed Les Johnson. <laughs> Les Paul. It was from Chipson. <laughs> I don't, you know, they just messed up on the, it was a factory second. <laughs> uh, so I got to talk about the elephant in the room. I think uh, all, th all three of us work a job that uh, most people would say is a real job, Right. Sure. Uh, but but uh, but to artists, it's more of a making ends meet sort of thing. It's just another. I don't want to say it's just another, but it's it's another income channel for you to continue to make a living and buy the toys you like and all these things. There might be other reasons too, but uh, you know we took our passions, we worked hard at learning our craft, we learned how to make some money uh, doing it, and well, with the exception of Tim here, I think he he fell out of the womb with talent. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you got record producers, gallery owners, publishing executives, um, anybody else who uses the arts to make a living. You know, they're, they're driving around nice cars, they got nice homes, you know, the whole, whole nine yards. Um, I guess I'm looking for a question here, and it's kind of like, uh, why are we as creatives? And it is kind of a tough question because it's something that kind of comes up and a lot of a lot of conversations here in the studio and um shouldn't we all be making ends meet from our art at least at the level of the people who are running the show i mean i'm asking you yeah, both really. yes i uh, mean there you go there's your of course yeah yes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> one word answer right there yes yeah, we're done <laughs> i mean that's kind of a tough question but i, I think everybody listening to the show you it's know, a shame that that the People, it's it not where the, the record industry really kind of fell apart. And it was a good thing to the extent of before you did have all these executives and all these marketing people and, and these um, CEOs all making millions off the backs of the working musician who yeah. end up in hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. It's <laughs> right. insane, you yeah, know? Yeah. So I think that's one good thing about the, the way the industry is now, of course, everybody's broke and <laughs> you're just trying to get your, you're just trying to get your music out there. But I mean, I remember talking to bands in the nineties at Dal Rosa selling CDs and, and they made more money selling stuff themselves oh, than yeah. what they did when they had yeah. the record contract. And it was just eye opening, just that, yeah. that kind of thing. I've but, been on many tour buses where they've said that we're interviewing them for you know, a magazine or something and I'm taking pictures and when the, when the recorder shuts off, it's, you know, they don't really even have enough money sometimes to, to eat. 
Yeah, a lot of times you're selling merch to get to the next show. Yeah, you know? exactly. Um, it seems that, that, that in from my perspective, it seems a lot that there's there's not a whole lot of working class with with in the music industry. You know, it's either it's feast or famine. A lot of times, you're either right. making an exuberant amount of money or nothing. You know, um, it's I, hopefully you know I I don't know how things are going to happen with now with the the COVID situation and things get back to normal. I know a lot of venues and and bands who rely on touring are, are definitely taking a hit with that, and I don't know. Um, once it's over, if things are just going to go straight back to normal or if it's going to force bands to maybe get more creative with um, with things. Because I've kind of seen that trend happening for a while to where a lot of people, it's, you put out an album because you have to. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You, you kind of have to have an album so you can do the other things. But nobody's making money off of the album. The album's just a means to then tour and then sell merch. And it becomes kind of a, a marketing thing, you know, where it's it's... You got to get creative with your marketing to sell merch. Um, And I think that's even why there's been such a resurgence of the vinyl. Um, Everybody putting everything out on vinyl because you make money off of those versus a CD, you know, where you're making a couple bucks, where something like that, it's like selling a t-shirt. You can make five to 10 bucks a pop at those. And if you can sell a couple thousand of those in a run, um, you can just, you know, put some money aside and and be able to, uh, to keep funding projects. But I feel that it, it, it's going to force bands to be more creative, I guess, and, and come up with different ways than relying on touring and merch sales. Um, I don't know what that is or what the answer would be, but... Um, it sucks, man. I didn't get in a band to become a t-shirt salesman. Don't, I know, Don't right? get me wrong. Like, yep, like I've, I know. I've had a very big hand in a lot of our t-shirt designs, and I take that shit very seriously, and I want it to be cool, and, and I like that part of the, the art in it. I do. But I, I got into music to to play music and to, right. to to connect with with other musicians I'm playing with and to connect with the audience and to get laid and <laughs> yeah. and, and but but you're a whore you get no, laid all the time when you get in when you when you get into it that's what it, you see these guys and and you know you got long hair and you're wearing leather pants and these hot chicks are all looking it's the whole thing you know you you get into it for that and then at the end of the day you're you're trying to sell a piece of plastic and you're trying to sell some t-shirts man it's just yeah, you're it's, back to selling widgets. You know yeah, what I mean? It's which draining. Is, right. Which is what, you know, you become a musician because most of us, at least, you know, you don't want to do that. You don't want to work a day job. You right. know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. the dream is is for that to be the job and, and mm-hmm. play music. But um, but I feel like any other industry, it, it just kind of, it boils down to selling widgets, it seems like, anymore with, with the music industry and kind of the way things are going. Um, yeah. It's a lot of a lot of marketing. Yeah, it's like it's I, like I that across it, all boards too. I mean, even even as fine artists, it's hard. I mean, I I get kind of pissed off because you know if an artist sells paintings for twenty five thousand uh, dollars per painting, and they're selling it to people who live in million dollar homes, shouldn't that artist be living in a million dollar home? Shouldn't they be just right. as wealthy right. as as their collector? And and most are not. So it's it just no. And then I feel the same thing even with artists like that 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 are into that like then you've got to look into ways these days, it seems like of, well, you have your one painting that, you know, you may sell this thing for the, for the asking price of what you deserve for a, a big painting you've put all your time into. Mm-hmm. But those sales are so few and far between that I feel a lot of artists, then you have to look into, well, well, now I'm going to sell prints and then right. I got to maybe do this and, and do get stickers made of this. And then they, they just come look for ways to come up with merchandising their, their art to then just make their, their popcorn sales for, for day-to-day living, you know, in between those, those good sales. And 
oh, I, yeah. I don't really know what the answer yeah. is. To... I, well, like like the Alpha King art. You know, we talked about the Alpha King art a little bit. I think in the beginning of the show or cool. pre-show. I can't remember what it was, but um, you know, Three Floyds always has really fantastic art on their their uh, their labels and and uh, and all. I know Bell's does too. They have some pretty cool illustrations mm-hmm. on there. But uh, the artist for Alpha King, uh, Phineas Jones. You know, he who did this Alpha King. I went out and looked at him, uh, his work, his website and stuff. And it was like, Jesus, he's, he's selling originals for $85. Like wow. Original yeah. art. Yeah. You know, you can buy prints for $25. And now some of the prints get higher because of the size or what it's printed on. But, you know, um, you have to turn a lot of art to make a living off of that. And I think, oh, yeah. I think the average yeah. person doesn't realize that when they're, when they're getting started, you know, and they're, they're selling locally. They're thinking, wow, I just made $500 on a oil painting or I just made $200 on an oil painting. They're not comprehending. They've got like $200 in materials or even $300 in materials. Right. And, and then the gallery takes half or at least 30%. And, uh, it's the same way in music. I mean, it's like you go on tour and you're not getting those ticket sales and and people think, Oh my God, they're making all kinds of money. They're, they're rock stars. No, you're the venue gets a lot of it. And nowadays you got bands that have to pay to be on the tour to begin with. Exactly. You know, I mean, it's exactly. they're they're just trying to recoup their money to to break even with the hopes that they're going to build enough of a fan base that they can then sell their merch on the next tour. You know, right? Um, right. And and not to if anybody's listening and and they're like, oh shit, this this is kind of bringing me down. It's not to bring you down. It's to realize that you know you're you're not the only person with a day job. You right. Know, um, a lot of people, a lot of people would surprise you that they have a day job and and they're at the level they are artistically. It's just, it's kind of the beast, you know, you, you, health insurance and mortgages, rent, whatever, all these things kind of go into it. And um, I'm just saying, you know, we, as artists, we should probably start demanding a little bit that, you know, uh, I'm not, I'm not taking all the money from the sales to eat, you know, Right. You you need to let your customers know this. You know, the people show up to show. When I always get a kind of a giggle whenever I go to like a smaller music venue and and you see um somebody used to pack arenas. I don't want to throw any names out there, but you go to a place that only holds like 700 people <laughs> and these people this band used to back in the 80s, 90s used to perform in front of 20,000 people. Seeing Stephen Piercy at the pizza shop, you it, know. It, I mean Exactly. Um, that's just the nature of the beast. It's like when you're you're hot, you're hot, and when you're not, you're not. I guess I don't mm-hmm. know, and that's probably not even a good way of saying it either. But um, well, Tim, Tim, people's attention spans are are very very short these days. It seems like, you and know? it's worse. Right. It's always right. been bad, but it's worse. Yeah. You know, when you I don't know about your experience, but when I go to shows, a lot of times it seems like it it, it seems like a lot of the the younger generation. I mean. There's probably a lot of kids that go to shows nowadays that that's never even physically bought a CD in their life. Mm-hmm. They've had, yeah. you know, digital platforms um, and, and avenues to get that music. And and it seems like I've noticed a lot of a lot of uh, rap groups and, and rappers in general that they just release a music video for every single song on the album and put that on YouTube because they're going to make more money monetizing that right. videos on YouTube than even with with album sales. And it seems like a lot of a lot of the younger generation, that's how they consume music is watching videos on YouTube and on right. their phones, you know? Yeah. Well, we've talked about this before. Uh, it's, 
for us, and I think that you still fall in that category, Tim. Um, you're right at the 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 end of that generation where you would go and get the new Cannibal Corpse record or or Journey or and open up the the CD cover and and look at all yeah. the artwork and it's like, oh yeah, this is badass. And liner notes. Yeah, you're yeah, reading yeah. the lyrics. Why yeah. why they're why they're singing it and yep yep and these guys just they don't, they don't care about that. Man, they just no, they, don't. They just want a song, you know. They mm-hmm. they don't, and let alone how an album flows. You know what I mean? It's just they just it's just a bunch of singles nowadays. It seems like, and the kids kind of they have the the younger generations with the the digital music. They're able to just make their own playlist super quick of just I just want to hear this song, this song, and this song, and this song, and then that's their playlist. You know. Right, um, right. So I, I I feel a lot of the the album the artistic version of vision of an album is, is, is getting lost as, as time goes on. Yeah. Yeah. And that goes, that harkens back to what we were saying before where everything just sounds the same and you start out with a logo before you ever start your first song. Right. Yep. You know, but like with COVID and, and Tim, you mentioned earlier about how things are going to get back to normal and what kind of, what kind of new and creative ways are we going to find to get our music out there? And, I think uh, I don't know if you've seen where they've been doing the drive-in concerts, and I have uh, seen that. Mark Ribillet, Ribillet, Ribillet. He spells it rib, riblet, but it's I heard him <laughs> pronounce it riblet, ribbit. It's ribet, riblier. I think. I think. It riblier, yeah. But but he's pretty awesome, and he was one of the first ones to do that. And you know, he's a mid-tier guy that's out there going to drive-ins, and mm-hmm. and people's. I think that's cool. I think that at the end of the day. There's one good thing that will come from, yeah, from all of us getting crushed by yeah. by not being able to play. Is we got to come up with new and creative ways yeah. to get our, yeah. our music out there. And I think art's the, the same way. I, I think um, yeah. all of it, all walks of art. Why? <laughs> right. The whole idea. No, so but what are you, what are your thoughts on on the the direction that's going to even? Let's say that does become the new normal. You know, um, to where it's it's going to be more of a personal thing than a than a a crowd thing because back in the day of going to the Alrosa and and those that was when you got to meet up with your buddies and have some beers and and kind of party on the weekends and and yeah. you know you just didn't have access to everything nowadays you had to go do things and go go visit your buddies and and to me that was what got me into music was the right. whole um companionship and the community and, and it was a big it's a brotherhood um, it's, it's a scene. still exactly yeah. exactly yeah. and how how I guess what what do you imagine a, a a young kid getting into music nowadays is their vision? Because to me that was it. Like I wanted to be with the cool crowd and and go there and, and play music for my buddies and them support me and then you support other your other buddies' bands. I mean, it's what do you think? If, if let's say the drive-in thing does take off, what do you, I mean? I think house I pa- house parties are gonna, going to house know. parties are going to be another a big thing again, and I think that that was yeah when okay. when we were yeah. coming up there wasn't bars with bars around here back back then didn't have original music and they damn sure didn't have original metal music. So mm-hmm. what do we do? Right. We we rented the Elks out. We we mm-hmm. had house parties and we had backyard parties and it was awesome. And I think that's gonna. I think people are still. Um, um, cautious and you know rightly so with, with uh they don't want to be around crowds at 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 these things either sure but i think as the as it gets better i think that's going to be a, a big thing that we see people's going to be doing shows at their house or at their buddy's house or somewhere where there's a big enough backyard and some power where they can do that and i think mm-hmm. i think that's going to 
that's what's going to jumpstart the scene once the bars open back up, in, in my opinion. So, yeah, that's, that's a great idea as far as, you know, even like house tours, you know. Right. Um, solving solving problems, for, for a, honestly, is the biggest part of this. You know, it's like the fan still wants music, right? And that's, that's right. what all of us perform for is is the fact that we're you know if you're if you're not doing it for your audience you're probably doing it wrong anyway but let me just say it like this if if you're thinking about how can you maintain that audience because if you lose them your music's dead doesn't matter how good you are how good you are in the basement if you don't have an audience you're not going anywhere with it so as a business how do you reach your audience and i i think tim hit on it there for a moment with youtube I think YouTube's a big deal. Patreon is a big deal. Well, a lot of these uh, bands are doing quarantine videos right, on right. Facebook mm, yeah. and stuff. And I mean, it, it's a way to stay in their consciousness. It's yeah, not yeah. It's not great, but it is a way to stay. Yeah, there's there's definitely a yeah. difference between the live show and then absolutely a, a yeah. show, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and I want to get there. I, I think it's, again, the house parties is a, is a great way of doing it. You know, it does limit the the people and, and all that. And it's not really much different than going to someplace like the Al Rosa Villa, which I believe is still for sale. Did yeah. you know that, Tim? It's actually for sale. Oh, I did not know. Yeah. They're yeah. saying it might be. Is Rick still there? Or is uh, Rick's, a... Rick, Rick hasn't been there for a while. Yeah. So. Uh, oh, so wow. It's, it's, a, it's an icon. Who does their voicemail? <laughs> I don't know. The, the, the legendary yeah. right? call the Al Rosa line. Exactly. The Rick Catella, the rock and roll. Yeah. Uh, They're Rick's only open guy. for special events right now. It's for for before the COVID event, so oh, it's wow. been kind yeah. of spor- sporadic yeah. as it is. But and damn the guy who moves that rock. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Can you imagine, can you imagine, <laughs> imagine buying it just to make a restaurant out of it. You go. I don't know who Dimebag is. I'm going to get Ex- rid of this rock. Yeah, I, right? you know, I, I saw a Facebook thread where that could be condos. It could get tore down and be condos what? there. So, yeah. That's Jeez. insane. Yeah. But Man. it's like like somebody commented. I forget who it was. It was somebody we used to play with. I can't remember who it was right now. They were like, you know, CBGB's was one of the most iconic places yeah. ever. It's gone. Yeah. Everything changes. Yeah. But Yeah, we're seeing that. I mean, we're at that age, right? I mean, you're just, I'm, I'm sure a lot of things have changed even for generations past. I mean, we just, you can't, and that's another reason. If you're listening to the show, old and crabby, right, right. That's another reason that if you if you're young right now or listening to the show, or I don't care if you're young or old, it really doesn't matter. If you're still able to go to concerts and buy a ticket, buy a fucking ticket and go to the concert, right? You know, support the bands you like. That's kind of the biggest thing, right? Yeah, buy some merch, absolutely. Um, if you have to, we always we always. uh, Champion Crobot here on the show. Yeah, we, we love do. Crobot. Yeah, we love Crobot. <laughs> every time I see him, man, I always try to buy a shirt and yeah. and uh I like that dirty rock and roll thing. Yeah. I, I'm glad it came back. There's I really am. Modern classic rock. That's what I which they're more on the, they're a little bit more edgy than some yeah, of them. But yeah. like you got the uh, Rival Sons and Dirty Honey. They're a yeah, good one. Yeah. Uh Black Country Communion. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, shoot, there was another one I liked, but uh I'm kind of into that right now. I'm kind of in a groove with with all that. I don't know if it's because I'm getting older and I just want to sit back and drink whiskey and smoke cigars and <laughs> talk shit on the radio or whatever you call this podcasting bullshit that we're doing. But uh, have you guys, uh, have, you, have you had any artist management people on the show as far as no. to get their take on kind of maybe how they might be guiding their artists and things for for the future with we we with had- just the the way things are going. Uh, we we did have Ian Severson on the yeah. show. He's a producer, engineer, uh, guitar player, actually, from uh, Future Leaders of the World. 
Okay. Um, he was on a couple episodes ago, uh, 39, I think. Yeah. Episode 39, 38. Maybe. We don't, we don't number them anymore. Remember yeah. Mind. Um, <laughs> yeah, but the, the computer does, but I, I just, I don't know. I don't remember what episode it was. It was a couple episodes ago. And, and yeah, we kind of talked about different, different things, kind of like what we're talking about now with the music industry. And, um, that is a good question. I wonder what the, you know, the suits, right, somebody, right. The, their right, primary right, focus, because, right. yeah. you know, Ian, Ian had just put out another album where he, had collaborated with people all over. And, yeah, yeah. And he talked about, you know, sending them stuff and kind of the way they were recording in the COVID era. But um, we didn't really get into, you know, what are their plans yeah. to stay active? That's, that is a good question. But I, I don't want to leave everybody with a bunch of questions. Although at the same time, I think it's good. If you're listening and you're you're kind of, you're, you're debating on all the stuff we've talked about, I, you know, send it, drop us an email and stuff like that. And, and we'll, we'll try to discuss it more in other episodes. I think there's a lot to this, really. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there are, COVID has released a lot of um, reasons why we should be trying to do something different. I, I know. Well, and people's not going, people aren't going to art galleries in big droves. No, they're not. To, yeah. To, yeah, they're not. Um, and I have to admit, listening to you guys talk earlier about getting the iRig and sitting on the couch and, you know, this, this is such a guitar thing. You guys are punks, both of you. <laughs> I Being a drummer, it's not like I'm going to sit with my fucking drum set on the couch. Right, <laughs> right, right. I know. Yeah, but they make them. They make them little digital things oh, where it's just no. a pedal. It's yeah. just a pedal, and you got them hit sticks. Yeah, your knees. I thought you was gonna bring up drum machine. I was like, God damn you, fucker! <laughs> <laughs> the bane of existence. Finally, one that can keep time. But... Right. Oh. <laughs> Unless you buy the large hey. edition. Hey, I like <laughs> with the trash can. No, but it's like a drum machine sounds great if a drummer. Is is using it though? I yeah. think a drum. You know, yeah. I mean, there's, there's a sensibility there. I think that gets lost when I'm programming drums or somebody else is a lot of times. But somebody that can you play just drums, said it right? Programming yeah. drums, that's not real. I, I think that that goes back to the whole engineering and artist thing that we talked about <laughs> earlier. To where you know, you, I lose a lot of steam when it comes to to doing the drum parts when you're trying to make a demo because. I'm not a drummer. I just want to jam yeah. the riff and then have somebody else yeah. throw something on that that I never would have even thought of. You and know, that just the, makes it all the better. Exactly. That's the best part of a band too. And that's why people need to stop making the logos and, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and <right>? start making <laughs> music. Because when you when you let the guitar player be the guitar player and you let the drummer be the drummer. Now, I know there's there's some do it for the song kind of stuff going on here too. But yeah, at the same time, there's, there's a whole big part of music that you, know, you got to get the band together, whether it's three or five or seven, I don't care. You get everybody together and they're making music. When they get their sound, that's what makes them different from everybody else. Right. It's funny because I had a conversation last night with this kid and he's a 16-year-old kid and he's messing, he just turned 16. He's messing with guitar. And, you know, he lives in the, in, in the YouTube era and, you can find all this music and it's, it's awesome, mm. you know, and you can find all these drums to play with. And, and he's just kind of hit a wall and he just don't really know what to do. And I'm like, well, what are you talking about? He's like, well, I mean, I just don't feel like I'm getting anywhere looking at, at these guys playing guitar on YouTube and trying to figure out what they're doing. I'm like, no, you need to be jamming. You need to be jamming with other human beings yep. and doing your own stuff. And he's like, he looked at me, well, how do you do that? I was like, I was, like, I, was, yeah. I was like, no, you, he's like, well, how do you make a song? I'm like, dude, you just get in there with a room with it, with them and, 
and you start to jam on something you both kind of know, yeah. and you're going to play it wrong, and you're going to be like, oh, that those two, that that's kind of cool. Yeah. Do that again. Yeah. And and you just kind of vibe off each other. You, you play a riff, and the drummer try to play that, or have him play a drum beat, and just hit an open chord, and just think, man, what's... Where can I put my fingers next? And yeah. and you're and you're right. And he just looked at me like I was crazy. That yeah. that I was like, you have got to play with another human being yeah. in the same room, or it's Our just art's going to die. Yeah, <laughs> we're not going to have yeah. anymore. And, and he's you like, get significantly better playing with other humans than you do. You can practice all you want. I mean, I've ran across plenty of musicians that you know they're they're amazing guitar players, and, mm -hmm. and they play, they can jam to any CD and any song, and and shred on the guitar. You put them with a, a human drummer. It, and they're horrible, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. there. there's definitely two different mindsets to that, you know, as far as playing with people. And I feel that people that play with people, man, it, you get in the pocket better. You, it, it, you, you just become a, a better musician, a better right. person for doing it. You right. got to be able to listen. And you can tell a lot of those people, they when they speak, they speak to hear the sound of their own voice. And they do mm -hmm. the same thing with guitar. They just, they don't care about the song or the riff. They want to just get to the part where they can do pinch harmonic arpeggios or whatever. And right. you get in a room with somebody, you're having a conversation. I'm always having a conversation with a drummer. It might not be a good conversation, <laughs> but, but I'm always having a conversation with a drummer and a, a vocalist and a guitar player. And we're not saying a word, but, but that music to come out, it's a, it's a back and forth. You don't get that with a click track and a, and a drum machine right, that can't right. swing. You don't really get that. Yeah. And speaking as a drummer, too, there's a lot of musicians out there, the drummers in particular, who their style just doesn't fit what they're playing. You know, yeah. it. they may love blast beats and can't play them. It doesn't mean they have to keep forcing a blast beat out of their body. Find right. something that works for them. You know, find find something that they can do that fits the song. There's nothing wrong with that. You don't have to impress anybody. There might be 12 percent of the audience who knows how to play what you're playing you know or think, at least has an idea of what you're doing but if you're not putting your color in the music right you're not making the same picture and you i know? feel a lot of the best the best songs that i've written in bands or that that the band has collectively written together um just in general they come a, a lot of it's kind of been spur of the moment accidental stuff like right. hey what, what did you just do there? Do that part again. And then I'm going to do it while I do this drum beat. And then you know, it's like, holy right. shit, that sounds awesome. And then Without you kind of go off of that. Yep. And when you get that spark of inspiration like that, it's like we talked about with the the new pedals and the new gear. It's, it's the same thing with new riffs like that. When, yep. when that happens and everybody's just like, that's the riff. You know right, what I mean? Right. It's that's like, the magic right there. You get that momentum going and, and you just... The, the rest of it just kind of comes out. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel that those magical moments is what music is all about and, and good songwriting is all about versus you, dots on paper, you know? Right, right. When's the last time you played a live show, Tim? Oh, man, it's been... It's probably been 10 years or so. It's been a while. That has been a while. So yeah. you, get, you get in the itch or are you are you content? Um, I Yes and no. I, I do get the itch. Um, and then... You know, it's you get that comfort zone and you're kind of in your own studio to where you have the control over everything. But then you lose out on a lot of the cool stuff like we, like we've been talking about. Mm -hmm. um, and then, yeah, dealing with people. That's a uh, that's always a uh, an issue. Not not an issue dealing with people, but just 
there's so many moving pieces to that. You know what right. I mean? So right, so many schedules to deal with, and so many exactly, uh, exactly. Everybody's but, got uh, families. Everybody's got you know something going on where it's just yep. you know. It's been since yeah, February for me, and it's just I I just I'm climbing the walls, man. Yeah, oh yeah, I'm climbing yeah. the. I like <laughs> I karaoke was going on at, at Wagner's, and if I'd have known it before I went home last night, I would have yeah. went and sang a couple songs. Like that's what my life has become. Yeah. I would, I would, I would, and I would have been tickled well, to shit, death. Shit, I haven't had a drum set in years. It, it, it kills me. Yeah. I, I constantly, I'm always on, uh, actually on your website uh, where you work, Tim, and okay. I'm, I'm kind of going through there going, oh, you know, and, and the guy that does all the drumming stuff, I don't want to mention his name because then it would give it away, but <laughs> um, he's a cool guy, you know, kind of got a New, oh, Jer yeah. New Jersey accent, kind of a, I think he's from New Jersey yep. maybe. Um, well, that's probably how he got the New Jersey accent. No, I'm not well, sure. Well, I don't. I don't know really sure. You know, is you know whatever. You know, about a bang, about a boom. That's terrible. Anyway, I uh, I listen to him <laughs> talk, and it's like, man, he's always got like this cool stuff. And there's there's sales going on right now for digital drums, and I'm like, you know, yeah, <laughs> that yeah. would be perfect for me because we rent. So I always want to make sure that I don't offend. You know, somebody next door or whatever. They don't hear nothing here, though. Not here, but if we got to move again, oh, well, you know, fuck them. Yeah, and and like we talked about earlier with the with the selling of the widgets, you know, and and that's kind right. of you know settling into a day job because that that is the sad reality of the music industry. That even like with me and doing the production side of things with with studio, it's because. A lot of band, bands need those services to fulfill their dreams or what, or to try to fulfill their dreams. You know what I mean? That's right. It's just like them buying that next guitar, that next piece of gear. It's you sell the dream and then they need to buy all these things and they need to have all these services that aren't the dream, but, but you need those to, to help to try to facilitate the dream. You know what I mean? So in order to get, still be involved in music in some sort of fashion, uh, you, you kind of, a lot of people slowly get into the back end of things like that. You know what I mean? With, with the production and the studio stuff and, you know, even sales and, and, and marketing type things to where working for labels and, and, you know, artist management and things like that to where you still get to, to do the fun, cool stuff, but you also get to go home every night and, and not sleep in a van, you know, um, <laughs> right. while you're on tour. So, right. you know, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of a, a means to, to, to the dream, you know? Yeah. I just stole Paul's beer. Nice. <laughs> yeah, you can have it. He probably pay, yeah, stole. It. <laughs> it's disgusting. I'm, I'm pouring out. Hopefully there's no backwash. <laughs> I'm so fucking nasty. Anyway. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to say this in, in here for everybody. Cause we, we are going way over and I, I really do appreciate your time, Tim. I know you're a busy guy and all that. Thanks but, for having me. Um, we've reached a, Segment of the show where I like to ask a rapid fire question. Actually, three rapid fire questions. Rapid and, fire. Rapid fire. And give <laughs> the folks listening time to finish the to finish that drink. So if you're driving down the road, you put that road pop down real quick. Um, I shouldn't say that out loud. That's not good. We do not condone driving and drinking and drinking and driving and driving and crashing and all those other things. But anyway, I got three questions for Tim. All right. I don't right. get, are, I don't get any questions. Fire. No, you don't get any questions. Man, fuck you. Tim's the guest. Right before you uh, do the rapid fire questions. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You should have some. Yeah. Yeah, stick to, you, you <laughs> let me handle this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, choose only one. You're shipwrecked with no hope of getting rescued, but you can have an unlimited supply of one of these. Pizza, 
or cheeseburgers. Ah, oh, man. Is, is it one kind of pizza? Like, That's what I was going to say. Any kind of pizza. But, but that same pizza forever. Forever. Yeah, you can't change it once you have that oh. one kind of pizza. What would it be? I'd probably go with pizza still. I mean, I'm, I'm a pizza guy. Awesome. I, I do like burgers, but pizza. Yeah, pizza. That, well, that is... You could get the works pizza, and then you could peel yeah, all I, stuff I, you I want. That way you can mix it. You don't want, and then it's a... <laughs> oh, exactly. Wow. Listen to Paul. Make and do with what he's got. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Number two. What is the nastiest thing you ever ate? Wow, um, I the nastiest thing to other people would be balut, which is the 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 duck embryo in the egg. But <laughs> it was actually pretty good to me. So, uh, but wow, pretty close to that was the thousand year old eggs. I I ate those. No um, fuck way. No, 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 no. Yeah. What? Like what they're horrible. Like the green one. Oh yeah, yeah. It looks ah. like freaking green and black jello What'd inside. What you do? Of there. Go to Southeast Asia. I went, I had a Halloween party one year and um, went to, uh, there was this huge uh, Asian store down in Cincinnati, Ohio, next to, <laughs> I used to work for Cisco Foods and it was right, um, not too far from there. So, uh, went there and just picked up the craziest shit I could find for a Halloween store. We had that, we had <sighs> jellyfish, we had uh, jellyfish. I, it didn't really have much of a taste, but it was all just cartilage, you know what I mean? Like, um that type you of are texture. A, you are a crazy motherfucker. But yep, that's that's uh, probably the, the nastiest oh. thing I have attempted to eat. Yuck. Mine right. was a stripper from Dallas named oh, Asia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I went to Austin once. Anyway, uh, number three. What is the best Wi-Fi name you've ever seen? Oh, man. Um Mine currently is undercover CIA agent. <laughs> nice. um, In the black van outside your house. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, man, that that is a crazy one. I I haven't ran across too many crazy ones. Um, Boo Boo Kitty Fuck was a good one that, that I've seen. <laughs> wow, um, that, that was a nice one. But uh, yeah, that's probably probably got to be it. Awesome. I'm using Boo Kitty Fuck. I had, oh, a, nice. <laughs> had a neighbor once, uh, and I know they don't listen to the show at all, but I had a neighbor once come over and ask me, he goes, hey, did you know somebody in our, our neighborhood has a has a Wi-Fi of, of Cthulhu? I was like, and he, he was really struggling with it. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I, I do. He goes, that's so evil. He goes, you know what Cthulhu is? Like, yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, that's it was awesome. just fun. So, yeah. So, at, at our, we moved from there, so now it's Cthulhu too. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> we'll move again. It'll be Cthulhu 3. So, all right. Man, that was fun. All right. That's the end of the show. Uh, Tim, it's, how can it's over people... already? It is Sounds over. like yeah, all I, my ex-wives. I cut it off real done? quick. Yeah, I do. Uh, Tim, how can people find you and learn more about what you do? Uh, you can... Uh, probably the best avenue to reach me and find me is on Instagram, Wisdom of the Dead. Um, probably the, the easiest way to reach out to me and, and find me and keep up with what I'm doing. Awesome. Are you going to finish this album? I mean, for uh, real. Yeah, yeah, someday. Yeah, yeah. It's it's in <laughs> yeah, the works. Yeah. <laughs> you got, is there a name for this band or? No, no, not yet. I've, I've kind of just let, the, like I said, I, I want to let this gel and become a, a real thing before I try to to pinpoint what it's going to be. Yeah, that, that's good. Um, man, we, I just feel like we can go on so long with this show. <laughs> I really could. I do have to take a break if, you know. <laughs> anyway, too much beer. 
Um, Maybe we can do episode two. <laughs> right, right. Absolutely. Yeah. I do want you back on the show. Episode Especially, two, the Timonine. <laughs> the Timonine. <laughs> I, I would like to, I, I, when you get your album done, I'd really like to have you back on the show, honestly. Um, okay, definitely. We can do that. Oh, well, I'll see you in 10 fucking years. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm definitely going to be calling you up. And uh, I, I had a rep. I don't, I don't think it was you. Um, apologies if it was. Hmm. I don't, I don't know. So we'll um, we'll find out. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely want to. I want to get back into you know supporting. We'll have you, one of these days when you come back back to Ohio for a visit because of uh you know I'm up on the visits. I've visited you like yeah yeah five have. times and it's time for you to come back. Then we'll have you in here live. <laughs> oh yeah, all right. Yeah, we that got tiny, like a good plan. tiny little room. It's it's fun. It's like a little cell block. Yeah, hot really. and sweaty yeah. in there. Oh yeah, yeah. take yeah. your pants off. Well, he's, yeah. I just noticed. Uh, Mike over here has got his shoes off and yeah. his shoes, his fucking feet were hanging out under the oh, yeah, table yeah. and it really yeah, threw like me. Maybe that's what you were smelling. Yeah, that's disgusting. <laughs> no. you, like, you like my hammer toe? That's the Nordic <laughs> god in me. I, I, I think I'd rather... Thor's toe. That's right. I would rather lick his pasty white foot than drink that beer again. <laughs> fucking killer artwork though. I love it. Right, I love it. Did. <laughs> All right. Additionally, you can find links for Paul and I on the show or in the show notes, rather. Paul and me. Uh, or by, is it? Is it Paul and me? Are you it, sure? If you didn't say Paul, you'd say you'd it's find links for me. I'm going to say whatever the fuck I want. You would say you would say you can find links for me. Then it's if it if that works, you All wouldn't right. say well you can find links for I. Somebody solve this for us because Paul is obviously a grammar Nazi. But anyway. <laughs> You can visit our, our show at uh, allwalksofart.simplecast.com. Um, we are also now on Instagram. Yeah, it's yeah, awesome. We, What's we it called? That we, we are uh, all walk. If you just do a search for All Walks of Art podcast, you'll find us. There's some lame guy who just all of a sudden decided he was going to start All Walks of Art. You oh, know? really? Yeah, it just showed up. Let's kill him. Yeah, I'm going to. Um, but you know, you can find us under all walks of art podcast. There's an underscore in between each word because you don't, you don't actually, when you do a search, you don't have to do that. Um, yeah, I say um a lot because I'm, I'm, you know, and I say you know, yeah. that's a, that's a drinking game that, people play yeah, along. When, Anytime when you, I say you know, Tim says you know too, so any, yeah, people's yeah. gonna be hammered. Exactly. And of course, at the end <laughs> you know? of the show, now they're gonna start putting it away. All right, but yeah, anytime you hear um or you know from one of us, you just got to take a shot. So that way everybody's hammered by the end of my show, our show. Good plan. Uh, yeah. Uh, share this episode, subscribe if you are not already, and I'd love for you to give us a review. Uh, and, and all of the review places, basically Spotify, Apple, all of them. Any, anytime you find the show, put a review in there. I'm, I always read them. I always try to understand what you're talking about, and if I can fix it, I will. You know, I don't do my best. I don't. I try to do it more. Oh fuck! Just, just you know, that's, that's why this, you're on the show, man. That's why we work. We're yin and yeah, yang. We are yin and yang, definitely. Once again, I'm Michael Worth, and this is the All Walks of Art podcast. I'm thankful you shared your time with us, and I hope you become a regular. Tim, Paul, yeah, definitely. It'd it be great. was so much fun having you both on the show. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. That was awesome. Mm. Cheers to you both. As a bar. Awesome. All right. See you guys. See ya.